are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listening to who? Always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a jam-packed show. As always, we got sports anchor at 12 News, Cameron Cox, on the pod today. We're going to be discussing the Paul Goldschmidt trade. Can Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly live up to the deal? And we're going to be discussing the expectation levels for the D-backs heading into next season, plus a lot more on this pod. So buckle up. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is a listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to reach men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I rate to the most reasonable around. Email me at lockedondiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now let's get into that conversation with sports anchor at 12 News, Cameron Cox and I. I do have a pretty interesting topic for you for you real quick about Zach Allen because I was just looking at the best wars of all time for D-backs pitchers, and I want to know if you think Zach Allen could be a top three pitcher all time for the Arizona Diamondbacks because let me make the case real quick. Randy okay. Johnson, Brandon Webb, and Kurt Schilling, they would have to be the top three, honestly. Yep. Randy Johnson came over mid-30s, won four straight Cy Youngs with the D-backs. Absolutely insane. Kurt, uh, Brandon Webb is number two in war. He was a Cy Young Award winner. He won. Uh, he finished second twice in Cy Young Award winning, but he was basically done in baseball by the time he hit 30. Only had six complete seasons in the major league. And then you got Kurt Schilling, who also came over in his mid-30s, uh, finished twice in uh, 20, finished second twice in Cy Young voting, of course, a World Series MVP. So I think Zach Allen could honestly finish second among those three. I think Randy Johnson's easily, he has to be number one just because I don't think you can overtake four straight Cy Youngs, even though it's only like five or six seasons he's pitched here. But if you tell me Zach Allen or Brandon Webb who could have a better career as a D-backs pitcher, I think Zach Allen has a great case. He's 26 years old. He's already had one of the best starts to a major league career we've ever seen for a pitcher. And Brandon Webb was out the league pretty quickly, honestly. He had six really high-level seasons where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But like a shooting star, he came and went just as fast as well. And Kurt Schilling, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in D-backs history, but he, he's so controversial. I don't even think anyone really wants to put him in their top three anymore when discussing any all-time rankings. I mean, it's part of the reason no. why he's not in the Hall of Fame right now. Well, so I, I, I'll say this. Kurt Schilling does belong in the Hall of Fame, regardless of what you think of his uh, politics. And there's been plenty of times where he's put his foot in his mouth and said some things that yeah. are flat out disgusting and that I don't know how anyone supports. 
Uh, I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame, though, just like I think Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose, uh, all those guys belong in the Hall of Alex Rodriguez belongs. I mean, all those guys belong in the Hall of Fame uh, in my eyes. Uh, Brandon Webb was just a tragic case here as the Diamondback. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, who knows uh, what Brandon Webb could have accomplished in his career. That's just how good he was to have that kind of stretch uh, in, in his career and then just to get hurt like that and see it end. It's just a brutal way to finish. Uh, you're putting some pressure on Zach Gallon. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying you're, you're, and I like it. I like it. I don't mind. I don't mind expectations. He's got to show me something here first he's another one of those guys while he was great last year that just didn't win the team just didn't win and I think this team is full of those guys that I just need to see prove it Zach Gallon had elite stuff last year seventh in the Cy Young voting um the way he was able to get guys out I mean he was blowing it by folks uh that scoreless stretch streak that he had to start his career was just unbelievable um but it's very early in his career and a lot can happen moving forward down the road he's got to win this team has got to win they got to build some pieces around it whenever he gets to that point to ever be considered in the top three, whenever that, I mean, that years down the road, this team is going to look drastically different. Hopefully they put some pieces around him because uh, that's what they're going to need in order for him to, to reach that milestone. Hopefully he comes back healthy too as well. But he's definitely got elite stuff. You talk to people around baseball, they think he can be one of the best pitchers in the National League. They say think because it's potential still. It's 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 you got to show it to us for years and years and years uh, before you can be considered in some of those elite categories. Yeah, that's probably the biggest question with Zach Allen right now. We just haven't seen it over the course of a full season. And now with that fracture, we still might not see a full workload for him because he is already going to be on an innings limit coming into the 2021 season around 150 innings. And now who knows, maybe it's 100 innings uh, you know, they might even try to, you know, limit him even more now that he's coming off an injury. So we'll see what happens with Zach Allen. But I, I definitely think he could be the second best pitcher in D-backs history. And a real quick point on your Hall of Fame uh, candidacy. I I totally agree with you, honestly. I'm all in favor of just putting it in, you know, separating the off the field and the on the field stuff. But when it comes to steroids, I'm pre anyone who tested positive pre 2003, basically before the the big uh, report, the before the Mitchell report. Pre that, I'm okay with putting in uh, who did steroids in the Hall of Fame. But after that, someone like A Rod, to me, Barry Bonds was. I mean, Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. Yeah, so Bonds is in. He's okay. But someone like A Rod, who got caught like three three times after 04, I don't know about A Rod. That one's a hey, little just, sketchy. Just put, put an asterisk there. You need to put an asterisk there. People do people go do that with the Astros till the end of time. So that's fine with me. If you need to put an asterisk there, they did this and that, that's fine. But they they belong in the Hall of Fame. And I always tell people they're just certain people you can't tell the the history of baseball without. I, I don't know how you don't have the home run king and the all-time hits leader in the baseball hall of fame. It just doesn't make sense to me. I get it. I get it. I get the I get the stuff behind it, but I just don't see how that's possible. Yeah, and I don't want to go off on a real tangent, but I know people use that same argument for Eli Manning, and I don't have him in my Hall of Fame. I don't care about those two Super Bowl wins. I thought he was a mediocre quarterback throughout his whole career. I'm just going to tell you, that's the criteria. It's just like Kurt Schilling, and just like what he's done, his innings, his strikeouts, where he's at, where his numbers are. If you look across the board, that's that's the criteria right there. Those are Hall of Fame-like numbers, and that's just what the standard is. Same thing with football. Like, you win one Super Bowl, you're probably going to be considered you win two as a quarterback man you in you yeah that's just how it works so you can not like it i get it but you're you're in yeah and beating the goat doing it too in like remarkable fashion epic fashion oh, great right out here right down the street right across right right over there in glenda 
I hate it. I'm going to hate the day Eli Manning goes in, but it's all right. We don't, this is not a football podcast, so we're not going to go too off on a tangent about Eli Manning, but I do want to shift the conversation a little bit and do talk about Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly. We're going to get to that Paul Goldschmidt trade because it seemed like it was, you know, a lot of financial reasons when they had to make that move to get off Paul Goldschmidt. And now we see Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly here and they're part of the class that's You know, they had a great 2019 season. Luke Weaver had like a 290 array. Carson Kelly was on base 34% of the time, smacking 18 home runs. Then 2020, both of them just kind of fell off a cliff, honestly. And both of them, both of their confidence looked a little shot last year. So do you think they will live up to the potential and, you know, make the Paul Goldschmidt trade worth it, honestly? We'll be right back with more of that conversation. We'll get into the Paul Goldschmidt trade discussion, but first... I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Broskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation between Cameron and I. Luke Weaver was one of those guys, obviously got hurt his first. He looked great after that Paul Goldschmidt trade. Uh, Got hurt, battled back towards the end of that year. Last year was just a funk, weird year. Him and Bumgarner were just awful. I don't remember what the stack was off my top of my head. We we talked about it plenty of times, but it was like the the their innings that they'd pitched, the runs that they'd given up, the walks. It was just through the roof. It was unbelievable. Um, it just wasn't the same guy. So Luke Weaver is another one of those guys. Him and Carson Kelly too. Last year was not a good year for Carson Kelly to the point this year I think is his job is in jeopardy. Yeah, Marshall um, is coming for him. Like they like Dalton Varshow. They want him to play so much. So they're trying him out all over the field. You can see him in center field. I mean, tr- truthfully. And so you see him in right field. Now with Cole Calhoun getting hurt, they want Dalton Varshow to play. He would like to be a catcher. Um, and so if that comes to it, like I have a feeling they're going to give him a shot. Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly are two prime examples of two guys on this roster that have to show something this year in order to stick around in the future. Can they be what they were two years ago? Carson Kelly had a really good year a couple years ago. Luke Weaver was really good before he got hurt a couple years ago. Can they be that, or is this who they are? 
That's what we're going to find out this year. And there's a lot of guys on this roster that have to do that too as well. Eduardo Escobar came back to the, uh, you know, last year's baseball season uh, after the uh, summer spring training, he was out of shape. He talked mm-hmm. about that. This year. Now he's back in shape, changed his diet. Is he the out of shape guy that couldn't hit last year? Or is he the guy that was driving in runs the year before that? He's another guy that's got to prove it. And so there's just so many of those on this roster. And, but I think the two mo- two of the most important ones are Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver, because you gave up a cornerstone, a franchise player, a guy that should be up there with Gonzo and Randy one day, if he would have hung around. I don't think it's going to happen now, but if he could have hung mm-hmm. around, you could have hung Captain America's name up there next to those guys. This is what, you know, what we call Goldie, America's first baseman. Um, a guy you gave up who could have been, who was the fan favorite around here, who I never will understand why they traded him away, why they couldn't find some money to pay him. Sell the washing machine at Chase Field. Something. I don't care what you got to do. Figure out a way to pay Goldie. Uh, I just never under, I didn't care what it was. You had to keep him around um, moving forward. One, because of what he represented to this Valley. And two, he was someone people feared in this lineup because now you're left with just a bunch of question marks. We're years away from that trade. We're still questioning the guy guys that they got for him and yet another year where the D-backs you look at their lineup and you feared no one listen can tell Marte is a good hitter he's still another guy that's got to prove it but mm-hmm. there is no one single person that players are like I'm gonna pitch around that guy J.D. Martinez could have been that guy Paul mm-hmm. Goldschmidt was that guy the D-backs have not had anybody in their lineup that other teams fear night in and night out since Paul Goldschmidt and J.D. Martinez left Chase Field, and it just is what it is. And all these years later, we're still looking to replace those guys in the lineup. And pl- on top of that, now we're questioning whether the guys we got for J.D. or excuse me, the guy we got, the guys we got for Paul uh, are going to be quality guys for years to come. So I think it's it's I, I don't I don't know I don't know how to answer that question. If, if Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver, they definitely I'll say this: they have to prove it. And this mm-hmm. is the year to prove it or else those guys could be gone because the D-backs are going to get a lot of their young players in this year, especially if they're struggling. And I don't see them putting up with um, guys like Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly struggling for long down the road. Yeah, I think there's definitely extra pressure on Carson Kelly. Like you said, Dalton Varsho is just right there waiting in the wings and they're doing everything they can. And plus, the season goes sideways. I mean, it's not like Steven Vogt is part of this long-term future for the D-backs. They can easily move off that contract, you know, trade him someplace or just, you know, easily just sit him, honestly, and then put Dalton Varsho in there. At least Luke Weaver, you know, there's five spots in the rotation. He's a young guy. Uh, you know, the, they're probably always going to pick him over a guy like Caleb Smith. And Madison Bumgarner doesn't pitch too well. You know, they, they're probably going to have to uh, they'll probably pick Luke Weaver over even a guy like Madison Bumgarner just because of his age. So at least I feel like Luke Weaver has more opportunities even after this season if he does struggle. But Carson Kelly, this could honestly be a make or break season for him in a D-backs uniform if he doesn't get together. But like you were saying with the franchise cornerstone player and just trading them, uh, I don't get why we're seeing this so much now in baseball. We saw it last year with the Boston Red Sox of all teams, you know, a team with loaded with money trading their star player Mookie he bets to the Dodgers. You know who that is? Who? You know who that is? That's the D-backs' fault. I just wow. I hope everybody knows it because the D-backs didn't resign JD Martinez, and then that money went to JD. They won't pay Mookie. I will fully believe this to this day. Like you, <laughs> nobody can talk me out of this because the D backs wouldn't give JD Martinez money. Then the Red Sox didn't have whatever money they didn't have to give it to Mookie, and it just it just bugs me to this day. So I, I blame. I will forever blame the D backs for not re-signing J.D. is the reason now they have to deal with Mookie Betts in the same division for the next 
13 years, 12, 13 years, whatever it is. And they should have re-signed J.D. I mean, his yeah. contract that he has now is like five years, $105 million, just, something yeah, like they that. Just, they just didn't want – like I said, that was the beginning. That was mm-hmm. right around the time where the money just started to do this because they wanted to cut payroll. That, that's just what they wanted to do. So that that was their prerogative. That's what they wanted to do, whether you agree with it or not. That, but, but since then, you know, they've just tried to cut payroll since then. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just – I thought somehow, some way, you had to figure out a way – uh, to keep J.D. Martinez and Paul Goldschmidt. That, that's my forever beef with the Diamondbacks, that you decided to stick with paying Zach Greinke and you were stuck with paying Yasmani Tomas all that money. Yeah. You yes. re-signed J.D. Martinez and Paul Goldschmidt. But now they're also paying Madison Bumgarner this fat contract. So it just seems like whenever it's time to make a big deal, they always pick the wrong guy, honestly. Always picking the guy over the hill, you know, the guy not in his prime anymore. Instead of the guy like J.D. Martinez who came over to the D-backs and what? I think he led all of baseball in home runs when he came over to the D-backs. It was, it was unbelievable. One of the greatest in all sports. One of the greatest midseason accusations, period. It was awesome. It's awesome. He changed the game for him. Yeah, so now the D-backs, you know, where do they go from here? It's a big question. Hopefully, we get the 2019 version of the D-backs instead of the 2020 version because that's basically the biggest question. What version of this D-backs team are we going to get? So what what are your, you know, expectations for this team heading into the 2021 season? We'll be right back with expectation levels for the D-backs heading into next season. But first... I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because we have been telling you about Built Bar, the amazing tasting protein bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup. I believe today's matchup is the mint brownie versus the coconut puff bar. And this one is a tough one. You got you got the mint brownie, which is kind of like a thin mint cookie, but in a protein bar versus the coconut puff. But I think I'm going to have to lean toward that mint brownie because I love that little minty and chocolatey flavor. And if you want to vote, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. As Lock 15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become best tasting protein bar. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB Today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. It's all on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. Follow Locked On MLB on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up that conversation with Cameron. Man, that's a that, that's a tough question. That's loaded a, questions. It's a loaded question. <laughs> it's a loaded. Um, things are not going well for them right now. Tyler Clippard being hurt. I mean, he was supposed to be their setup man. Who knows when he'll be back? The Zach Gallon injury, I think, is hurt. You know, you just listen. It's never good when you don't know a timeline. It's like mm-hmm. when he feels better. Well, heck, we all feel like this every day. You know, who knows in this crazy world we live in. Um Oh man, expectations for this D-backs. I think they're a middle of the cl- middle of the pack ball team at best. 
Uh, I think they need to play a bunch of young guys this year. I think they need to figure out what they got um, in in their minor league system. They need to grow some guys uh, because I I think they're looking – it's another reason why I didn't think they spent any money. You just saw saw them sign a bunch of old vets is because their timeline is like three to five years from now. Where is this team at three to five? That sounds like a long time, and it kind of is. But maybe three years is a better timeline. Five probably seems too long. Um, but where is this team going to be at in three years? Who are the young guys that they have in this very talented farm system that every time I clip on an article about ranking farm systems, the mm-hmm. D-backs are always right there near the top and guys they have in the waiting. So um, w- what young guys can they develop right now on the team? What pitchers can they develop right now on the team? where they're going to be at in a few years and mix that with the guys coming up. I think that's their timeline. That's why I think this year they'll be middle of the pack um, at best. I think this is the first year in a while where I've picked them to be that bad, middle of the pack, probably worse than middle of the pack. So they're probably going to go out and beat the Dodgers and win the division because it always happens reverse with whatever I say with them. Yeah, I mean, that'd be great for the podcast numbers if they go out there and win the division. But I think that I put the jinx on them early. Like I said, I've always been a believer in Tory Lavelle and what he does. And I've believed that they've had good teams here. Things have just always happened where it hasn't gone that way. Um, No good baseball players when I see them. The D-backs have some good baseball players. Um, I just think that, you know, with this pitching staff unproven, if these guys can't come around, if a lot of these guys can't play like they play in 2019, you're going to see a youth movement very quickly, and it could be a very long season. Yeah, and if that youth movement does happen, which young guys are you keeping your eye on? Because I got my eye on, on a few guys. Of course, every D-backs fan wants to see Dalton Varsha, but even a guy like, you know, Josh Rojas I'm interested in, J.B. Berskakis I'm interested in. So who are the young guys you're keeping an eye on? Berskakis, I, I wish they would call him up. I mean, I, and I and I hopefully maybe, I mean, we'll see what this means. they still got another week and a half of spring training left. I hope he's a guy that can maybe slide into that rotation, see what you got in this guy. You know, when, when they sit him down, Tory said a lot of things that were like, he needs to learn to do this, 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 and that. It almost seems like he needs to learn how to be a full pitcher, whatever that means in their system. Um, maybe he can learn that quickly, and he's a guy that we can see pretty well. Um, Dalton Varsho is another guy I would like to see, um, um, you know, kind of get in there and swing the bat, see what he can do. Uh, I know they sit down Seth Beer. I would like to see him kind of progress in the minor leagues. I hear he struggles at playing first base, so I guess we'll have mm-hmm. to see how that kind of develops. He's the guy I'd like to see, not at the major league level yet, but just develop in general. Um, you know, some of these young pitchers too as well. So, you know, John Duplantier, I would like to see him kind of come back. Can Taylor Clark be a contributor in this rotation? Uh, or is he a guy they're going to have to move on to? Because he's a name we've heard for a few years now. So it's kind of like what you got now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of these guys, these young guys too. So these veterans, we talked about these veterans have to prove it. These young guys got to prove it as well. Yeah, and probably Buskakis and Josh Rojas are the two guys I have my eyes on the most. Buskakis, I was shocked to see him be sent down, honestly. And it seems like it's probably because of his major league service time, honestly. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That's the biggest reason. Yeah, I mean, we get it, Tori. You're not, he's not going to admit that to us, so we, we, we get it. Um, but do I agree with it? No, because I would like to see what he could do in this rotation. I, and I think they're getting to the point where they they might actually need it, you know? 
Yeah, they might need it. And it seemed like the reports before the season that he was at least going to be a back-end bullpen arm uh, for the D-backs. I mean, he seems like he has a pretty good two-pitch arsenal. I don't know if he's ready for the rotation just yet, but maybe that's why they sent him to the minors. Maybe next season he could battle for a rotation spot because I thought Corbin Martin was going to be the guy that battled for that fifth spot. And then maybe Braskakis could be, you know, maybe a potential closer for this D-backs team because Soria has scuffled a little bit in spring training. But Josh Rojas is the guy I feel like you have to watch watch out for in terms of immediate impact because Jeff Passan has talked about him. Mike Petriello of, of uh, MLB.com has talked about him. They think he's going to be a breakout player for this D-backs team. And it seems like Ketel Marte is going to be playing center field almost every day, honestly. So I think Josh Rojas is going to be getting a lot of time at second base this season. Yeah, Josh Rojas, local kid, Glendale Millennium High School. Um, it's great to see him find success and, you know, it's great to see people talking about him. I know he's been in the league a long time. It's taken him a long time to get to where he's uh, kind of got to right now. Marte will be interesting. I hope, I hope they don't keep him in center field every day. I doubt that's the case. I, I would really like to see him more at second. Depends where Varsho is going to go. Ro- Rojas is the same thing. If he's a guy that starts playing better, uh, when Calhoun comes back, th- then I think they have some decision ma- to decisions to make uh, out there as well. If they want to play Cabrera more uh, at second and put Marte out there, you know, if that's going to be their full-time rotation, uh, that could be interesting too as well. So, uh, But I think Rojas is definitely someone who can contribute. And it'd be good to see him because he's been working at this for a long time uh, to make it happen. Played in a lot of games so far. Yeah, and he's been arguably, you know, the best player in spring training, honestly. I think he leads all major league players you know that are qualified in hits during spring training so the dude has been on fire his ops is like 1100 or something in spring training so i want to see what he has i mean we want to start to seeing that we want to see that return on that zach ranky trade because just like the paul goldschmidt trade we really haven't seen these guys yet seth beer it sounds like we need the dh back in the national league if we want to see seth beer in the major league level that's what i keep hearing so maybe that's a reason to bring it back i don't want to see it back but sure yeah, because he seems like, I mean, I've been looking at his minor league numbers. I mean, in the minor leagues, he's a guy that bats like 300, like 30 bombs in the minor league. So offensively, seems like he has some talent, honestly. It just seems like anyone who talks about defense, it seems like he, he's a train wreck over there at first base. So hopefully he could get that cleaned up. That's it for this edition of the Locks on Dimebacks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Remember, I'm doing a locker room tomorrow at 1230 PST, so hop on that. We're going to be talking about Zach Gallen, his injury, the outlook for the season because of it, who should replace him in the starting rotation. So we're going to talk a whole lot. Come join me, download the locker room app, and let's chat. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!